0: everybody and welcome back to another great edition of think tank sports think tank sports where we think and you listen check us out on the socials facebook twitter and instagram and of course listen to us on your favorite podcast delivery system download subscribe comment do all the fun stuff reach out let us know how you think we're doing and today We're going to talk a little West Coast, best coast, as uh, our good friend uh, Jeremy joins us from out in uh, what looks to be, I guess, sunny California there, Jeremy.
1: Yeah, a little chilly, 65 degrees, but uh, we're doing okay out here. The
2: struggle is real on the West Coast, Dave. Uh,
0: apparently so
2: so uh jeremy it seems like when we do these championship uh review podcasts lately we're talking to you because they're all happening out there in los angeles we had the rams of course just win the super bowl and then last year you had you know the dodgers in 2020 and um the lakers win uh in the bubble so it's been uh Pretty exciting out there in uh, Los Angeles. Just talk about the mood. Does it help uh, the sports fans out there walk a little taller and put a song in their step uh, since all these titles are in your pocket now?
1: Yeah, it's definitely been a, a good couple years, uh, sports wise. I think for what happened with the Rams, I think the timing's good. We're getting past this uh, Omicron surge. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just about to change some of the mandates and it, kind of right, it was right at a good cusp where things were kind of changing in, in the COVID world. So it was nice to see another championship for LA. Uh, definitely a lot of blue and gold that you didn't see in the city a couple years ago. And right. Definitely a lot of Rams fans that even I know of that were like, even some of the nuts, I'm like, oh, you all were Rams fans. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of room on the bandwagon. Jump on in.
2: Uh, guys, I have a, a quick question for both of you. I usually like to put Dave on the spot. Which city, major sports city, uh, with all four sports team, all four major sports franchises, has won the most championships? Not counting uh, for the NFL, I didn't count pre Super Bowl championships. So, like Green Bay. You know, we know they won a bunch, but they didn't count towards this tally. Any idea which city has won the most championships, uh, accumulative? Dave, we'll start with you since I like to put you on the spot.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I have to believe, well, I think it's got to come down to three. It's either New York, LA or Boston. Mm-hmm. And I say that because the Yankees have the most in baseball. The Celtics have the most in the NBA, yep. uh, You know, the Lakers have a whole bunch, uh, only one behind the Celtics right now. Um, The challenge with New York is, you know, at the Yankees, they have some titles from the other teams, but, you know, Boston has, you know, probably more balance. Uh, Come on, stop Hammond
2: and Hong. Give me your answer.
0: Yep. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to say Boston. Uh,
2: That would be incorrect. Jeremy, you want to? Oh,
1: take a shot good. At I'm it? glad. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that leads me to. Um, I mean, the Knicks always suck, right? So I'm gonna have to say L.A. Uh,
2: also incorrect. It would be the uh, Nexus of the Universe. Uh, the city's so nice; they named it twice. New York City has 53 total championships, guys. Yankees with 27, the Mets with two, the, football, or the baseball Giants with five, uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers had one, the football Giants had four, again, yep. not counting the four, they won before the Super Bowl. The Jets have right. one, the Knicks have two, the Rangers have four, the Islanders have four, Islanders have four. and the New Jersey Devils have three. Um. So, aren't some of
1: those teams on the other side of the Hudson? Well, I mean, come on, mine are all Metro LA.
2: Okay, Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Boston at least
1: is all Boston. I mean, are we going into the Marsh? What are we doing over there? Boston. Boston was second with Boston second.
0: Yeah, that's where the bodies are. Yeah,
2: Boston has thirty-nine. Red Sox with nine. The Boston Braves with one. Patriots with six. Boston Celtics with seventeen. You're welcome. Uh, and the Boston Bruins with six. And then L.A. was third with 21. You have the Dodgers with five. Anaheim Angels have one. Uh, the Rams now.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Rams have one. The Raiders had one. The Lakers have 11. And the Los Angeles Kings with two. So uh, Chicago's fourth with 19, in case you were wondering. So I just thought it was interesting you know, to see how many – uh, cities have, you know, all these championships. But here's the second trivia question. I'll put you on the spot with: Has any city ever had all four teams win a championship in the same season?
1: Well, didn't Tampa Bay come close? Did they get
2: three? I believe they had three. That's correct.
1: I know. Bo- I know Boston
0: had. I am I think they were right on the cusp of getting four. I think they also had three uh, at one point. I'm trying to think. So you have oh, – you think about 86, the Giants and the Mets both
1: won. Uh, we have not mentioned – The wild card city that comes to mind for me is Detroit. Okay. I wonder – I wonder if they have four in one one year.
2: No, I'll put you uh, out of your misery here. No city has ever had a championship Mm -hmm. in all four sports at the same time. The only time it was possible was Philadelphia in 1980 Mm -hmm. had all four of their major sports teams play in championship game or series, and only the Phillies won. Uh, the other three teams lost. So, all right. uh,
0: Sixers lost to the Lakers. Yep. Flyers lost to the Islanders.
2: Yep. So, yep. You know that's that's where we are. Uh, you know, just to get a historical perspective, uh, Jeremy, we, you know, like I just said, the Rams just won. We had the Dodgers and the Lakers recently win. Do you know where the L.A. Kings are? What they're doing this season? Do you follow that at all?
1: I think they're getting. My buddy at work, Jensen's a diehard uh, Kings fan. I think they're doing better. I think they've won more than they were winning at the beginning of the season. So I think they might make the playoff. Yeah, right now they're
2: qualified for the last playoff position, but they are playing well. Uh, 55 total points. Their goalie, Jonathan Quick, has really stepped it up. Um, If you think I knew that without looking it up, you're crazy. I had no idea. Oh, heck no. (laughs) I had no idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but that's, you know, that that is those are good numbers for a Kings team that's kind of kind of been yeah. you know wallowing a bit and great uh record on the road 13-6 and 5. Yeah. Uh Definitely, as I scan through here, one of the better road records in all of the NHL.
2: So, super fan Mike McArdle could get off our back about talking hockey now. Uh, yep, there it is. <laughs> Jeremy, talk to me about what the city was like during Super Bowl week uh, leading up to the game. I know I've heard a lot of people say early on in the week it didn't feel like a natural uh, Super Bowl uh lead up mostly because the city is so spread out and the Rams are fairly new to that town. Uh, the two, you know, um, there wasn't a lot of the team jerseys on the street, that kind of thing, events all over the place. Did did you have a feel for it being, you know, a Super Bowl week in Los Angeles?
1: Um, in certain parts. So for those of you that aren't familiar with the layout of LA where they play, um, down in Inglewood is about about 10 miles like southwest of downtown L.A. So there wasn't a lot of stuff until maybe like the Friday before mm-hmm. at the stadium. But in downtown L.A., still at the, what is it now, Crypto, at the Crypto and at the L.A. Live and at the Convention Center, they had their NFL experience at the Convention Center. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter went to that on Friday night. She went to that Bud Light concert series with Gwyn and Blake. Oh nice. oh, nice. Saturday, she went and saw Miley and uh, Green Day. Oh, wow. So I could tell you my daughter and her mom, not me, <laughs> thank <them, laughs> you. I wasn't invited, but they went. Well, funny uh, story, I actually went to Portland for my first in-person conference in like two years. It was a camp conference. Oh. And I didn't realize it until like a week before I left. I'm like, wait a minute. We're leaving <laughs> to Portland and everybody's going to LA. Oh, jeez. Um, but when I got back in, I flew back in the Friday before the Super Bowl. And there was a bunch of Bengals fans all geared up, flying in. So that was kind of cool to experience the airport Friday night. But, yeah, in downtown LA, LA, there was a lot of stuff going on. Um, After I'll send you a text, there's a funny picture that uh, Izzy and her mom got. She met Dave Roberts and took a picture of them. But it sounds like a joke, but Dave Roberts and Mike Tyson got out of the same car. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. Sounds like a joke, right? Dave Roberts and Mike Tyson gets out of of a limo. (laughs) uh, Sounds like the
0: beginning of a really bad joke. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But uh, yeah, so to your point with L.A. being so spread out, um, downtown L.A. definitely had stuff leading up. And then the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there was all kinds of stuff at the stadium. Obviously, with the Rams being a home team, they used their regular facility. Right. Um, UCLA actually hosted um, the Bengals. So I actually was at UCLA yesterday randomly. I went to their basketball game. And at UCLA, they still had all the banners and all the signs up for Super Bowl. And they actually hosted the Bengals for that week when they were doing practice and whatnot. So oh, cool. for L.A. being spread out, they did they did move it around. So there was stuff in Westwood downtown la and then also down by the stadium wonderful
0: cool yeah I think I saw a picture or a video posted online during i think it was either during the week or right after the Super Bowl and it was like oh just a just a regular day on campus where you have to stop walking uh as the team playing in the super bowl walks across in front of you right there's all these students standing yeah. there and here come the Bengals walking across <laughs> in front of them it like going to the team bus or something it's pretty hilarious and so then
1: I, i'm pretty sure i think usc was they were going to host if it wasn't an la team they were going to host the other team ah, uh, so that okay would be cool to have sc host the other team but of course, the Rams gonna need it with their own facility just down the road. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's that's really cool. I, I like your point about the airport. Right. Because, you know, if you're there any other time and you're not going to a conference, you're not going to the airport on a Friday right. night. So yeah. the fact that you're able to see that is is pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, we don't get anything like that around here. I mean, the, you know, the Super Bowl was in the Meadowlands or MetLife Stadium once. I mean, that's the only time it even gets close to to being around us. So right. uh, we'd have to travel quite a way. So lucky for you.
1: No tickets, though. They were like 10,000 plus and parking was like 1,000. So yeah. I walked it oh. to my couch.
2: Talk to us about uh, SoFi Stadium. Uh, I know there it took some national uh, heat early in the year. They had a, a lightning storm that they had to uh, suspend the game for, even though it's inside a dome. But, you know, because of the clear... Uh, roof when it's closed. Um, They suspended it. Uh, It was hot. You know, you said you're struggling today at 65 degrees. You got the hand warmers and the parkas out. But uh, it was 86 degrees at game time uh, for the Super Bowl and they uh, we're making a big story this way about there to be no air conditioning in SoFi, And, uh, but the way it's designed with the cross breeze and the open sides, you know, it, it cools the stadium off nicely. Are people in LA generally happy with uh, the stadium, how it was built, where it is, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And before I answer that, I'll give you a quick ge- geography and a natural air conditioning uh, lesson. Please do. So, so, so far is about six miles from uh, the Pacific Ocean. Okay. So most people that that close and into the ocean, like I have a friend that's about a mile from the ocean. He doesn't have AC. So on the couple days a year where it's 90 plus, he just sits outside or goes to the beach. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of folks on that side don't even have AC because you get that natural natural sea breeze and that we call it the natural air conditioning coming in. Um, I haven't personally been to the stadium, but I have a couple friends that are season ticket holders and mm-hmm. friends that have gone to concerts. I'm actually going to Red Hot Chili Peppers concert there with my daughter in July. Nice. And uh, me, her. Um, so I haven't been there, but what I've heard from friends that have been there, they, they really like it. I have one friend in particular, uh, Too Sexy Too. I'll have to let you know the background on that later. which is Too Sexy Um, He's been a bunch of different stadiums around the country, and he says what he really likes about SoFi is that there's really no bad seat. Anywhere you sit, you got a good seat. Mm -hmm. You've got that big video board. As you're walking around the concourse, it's a lot of open air where you can still see through, um, and there's video boards everywhere. So that's the one thing that he really liked was that when he's there a couple times, that even when you're going to the bathroom, you're going to get food, you're walking around, like you still can see the game. You can feel the crowd. You can hear what's going on. So I I haven't been there personally, but what I've heard from folks is that it's, it's pretty amazing. Oh, so
0: Jeremy, does that, I'm trying to think about your, your geography lesson then. So does the like open end of the stadium then face West so that the breeze is blowing in that way? The
1: main opening is North, South, North, South. There is, but there is regular openings around it on the whole upper, on the upper level. And then I think if, if I'm right about this, you might have to fact check me. I think 75% of it is actually below ground, right? The way they designed it. So 75% of that stadium, you're actually in a bowl and it's below ground.
0: Ah, Okay. Yeah. The Buffalo bills uh, stadium is similar. It doesn't have a roof obviously, but when you walk up to it, you only see the upper levels Mm -hmm. from the ground because it's down in the ground. So similar kind of layout that's, Jeremy, that's really, really nice. Good, good breakdown on the stadium there uh, gives our, our tens of listeners as Mike likes to say <laughs> uh, a really good sense of what SoFi stadium is like. Uh, and of course we got to ask Jeremy about the parade. Cause we've seen the pictures of, you know, parades in other cities that were perhaps a little bit, uh more well attended so what can you tell us about the parade for the rams
1: it starts with c and ends with 19. Mm. it just i mean the there was still a mask mandate i mean there's still a lot of people that really aren't doing things um actually with the super bowl being on sunday the first we heard of a parade was like sunday night early monday morning so even – and you got to figure they were planning it. There was a sure. plan in case it happened. Right. But they didn't – so, like, usually, you know, Dodgers get to the World Series, Lakers get to the World Series, and it gets to game six or seven. You're like, if they win on this day, here's the parade, here's the route. Like, you start hearing that a week out. I mean, I went to the 88 parade. Um, I was at a couple – for the Dodgers. I went for a couple parades of the Lakers. You hear about a week out, hey, we're we're in game whatever. We might win. Here's what's going to happen. Yep. It, nothing came out so I would say, Sun. I think on the 11 o'clock news Sunday and for sure Monday morning they were talking about it. So I can't speak for the city, but I think it was kind of strategic. Like mm-hmm. with everything that's going on with COVID and the surge, it probably wouldn't have been the best politically to be like, hey, everybody come down to this party if we win the World Series. I mean, if we win the Super Bowl. So, yeah, it was a mildly attended. There was a local radio show that was talking about it, and they were talking about how when the Lakers have it, it's packed, when the Dodgers have it, it's packed, when the Kings have done it. It's packed, but I, again, I can't speak for the city, but I'm pretty sure it was strategic that with everything that's going on. Hey, let's just get something together, at least let the team do something, but we're not going to really publicize it where they Where they started is the Shrine Auditorium, which is again, geography lesson for you all on the other side of the Mississippi. (laughs) It's actually right across the street from um, USC. You wouldn't know it like they've hosted a few like I think Emmys and even Oscars back in the day, but the way they film you would never know that it's right across from USC. But I think they picked that spot because it's self-contained. They could have access. And then it's real close to Figueroa, which is a main north-south. And they basically took North Figueroa up like a mile, and like 1.4 miles, and then made a, made, a, made a turn into the Coliseum. And then the Coliseum, aside from museums, museums and other stuff that's enclosed, mm-hmm. it's all, it's all outdoors. So I think, again, that was strategic, too, that if people are going to show up, it's all outdoors there's nothing indoors and so yeah. the spacing and all that stuff can happen
2: um in regards to the rams uh jeremy mm-hmm. what is uh the city's feeling about matthew stafford i know you know it's easy to root for aaron donald and cooper cup and those guys that were drafted by the rams and you know have been original you know members since they've moved there but stafford you know uh had to be brought in to take this team to the next level, you know, and uh, Jared Goff had to be shipped out. Um, is there any um, negative feelings towards him? Is he considered a hired gun or is it because he's such a nice guy, everyone was rooting for him anyway. Do you have any, any finger on the pulse of people for that kind of thing?
1: I'm, I'm going to stay true to my LA fan theory and I'm going to use my classic Gary Sheffield Story from back in the day. Okay. So I was at that home opening day, and we all booed him because we hated him. We hated how he came here. He hit two home runs and he got a standing ovation in his in his last at bat. <laughs> right. In the same game. So in the first game of opening day, we went from booing and hating the guy. Right. Two home runs, standing ovation. Right. LA fans, man. That's just how we are. So I don't think they care about Joff. Jeff, Joff, I don't I, I think they're cool with Stafford being here. It's just a W for them. You know. That for all the one thing I will say is that for all the bandwagoners that are jumping on, even some of my friends, if you're listening, you know who you are. (laughs) You know, the Rams have been around. They played in the big A. Sure. um, They played in the Coliseum. They've been around since the 70s. So there are some legit fans that they'll tell you I've been a fan since the 70s, since the 80s. Like those those fans I'm happy for because you could tell that they put in the work and they've been fans for a while. When they left, when did they left? Was it 2006 or whatever when they went to St. Louis and it was 20 years that we didn't have a team? Yep. If you think about it, that's a whole generation that didn't have football, yeah. really didn't have a team. And then when they got back here in 2016, those first couple seasons were kind of there at the Coliseum. Even those weren't even, you know, the Coliseum's, I think, 85, 90,000 when you add in the suites and all that. And if they had 50, 60,000, you know, they were lucky when they had the Packers come in, there was more green than blue so i think i think it not being here for 20 years a couple years in the coliseum not having their own home but now being in their own home that that's 22 23 years that's a generation so i think the old school folks that remember them from the 70s and 80s like that's cool for them but i think everybody else is just latching on kind of what we talked about earlier covid has sucked it's hit everywhere hard it's hit la hard and i think people are just like hey this is cool for the city that, you know, even though they're kind of new to us, it's cool for the city for what's going on. And, you know, hopefully now that we're turning the tide, mm-hmm. this is kind of like, all right, world champions. Now let's move forward and see what happens, you know, post-COVID.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh One more Rams question for me, um, Jeremy. Where did this talk of Aaron Donald retiring after winning the Super Bowl pop up from? You know, leading into the game, you didn't hear anything about it all week in the media. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, I think Rodney Harrison mentioned it on the pregame show uh, that it was a possibility. And that dominated, you know, the talk and all his interviews after the game, you know, that was the first question asked. Was there a buzz out there uh, in L.A. about that or did this just hit you by surprise as well?
1: I watched that same pregame and that's the first time I heard it too. Yep. So yeah, I, I it wasn't a talk out here. And then if if you saw the highlights of the um parade, there was a point where yep. McVay's like run it back, run it and then he kind of Donald kind of said he would come back. So I I don't know if it's something he said to Harrison in the moment and he, or maybe it got taken out of context, but yeah, I watched the same pregame and that was the first thing. And then I think he's thirty, thirty-one. I mean, right? You figure he's got a few, a few more years. And if they keep the core of the team together, which they should, they should have a good chance to, you know, at least make another run. So why wouldn't he stay? You know.
2: Yep. They're in salary cap hell, so they have to keep the team together. Otherwise, it's going to be, you know, Stafford and a bunch of rookies out there. But Dave, anything yeah. else on the Rams or, or any of that? No. Real no. Go, Real quick, go for just it. Just
1: remember, salary cap, kind of like the Yankees, and La La Land doesn't mean much to us. That's so don't a ch- worry about
2: that. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Don't yep. worry your pretty little head about such things, honey. Yeah.
1: Monkeys um, got money. That's true.
2: What about, let's shift a little bit uh, downtown to the L.A. Lakers, Jeremy, and the debacle that's uh, been this season? You know, stop me if you heard this before, but Anthony Davis is hurt. Uh, He's on the DL again, you know, another four to six weeks. Uh, Mr. Glass certainly is earning his uh, reputation there. Uh, LeBron's career is receding like his hairline. Um, They brought in Westbrook and he's been just uh, just a bad idea. It was a bad idea from the beginning and it continues to be. Uh, What is the feeling um, in town about the Lakers and Uh, Where they stand right now in the ninth spot in the play in situation uh, in the NBA playoffs.
1: There's not much hope because even if they win that play in game, they're looking at the Suns or the Warriors, which they're not going to beat in a series. Um, It's funny on the local talk radio, the thing they keep talking about is we could have had DeRozan instead of Restbook. Right. If we were the right moves, we could have had DeRozan. And then you see what he's doing with the Bulls. So. Yeah, we definitely had some missteps. Um, when Westbrook came in, I was like, and I don't know, we may have talked about it, but it, I thought if he could have changed his game and I think if he could have been that hustle guy, I think it could have worked. But in watching him, and again, as a ref, I, I watch a lot off ball. Mm. He just doesn't throw a lot of off ball. Like if you no. watch Steph Curry, he's the ultimate off ball guy. He's moving, he's screening, he's he's getting open. Westbrook's kind of like he passes the ball and then he kind of waits and watches And then, you know, Davis gets hurt. And then he doesn't want to play center. How are you that big and you don't want to play center? Right. And LeBron, you really can't fault the guy. He's just – he's getting up there in age, you know. Oh, no. He's still – watch him. He's still a beast. You could tell he's putting in the the workout time and his -hmm. his, his diet and all that. Like, he's doing what he has to do. But, you know, father Father time beats everybody at some point. Yeah, I I just think they made some missteps. um, And, yeah, the talk out here is even if they come out of that – uh playing they're still going to have the sons of the warriors and i think right now i think they have 24 i think the stat is they have 24 games left even if they went 24 and 0 that only gets them to 50 so oh, it's wow. basically impossible that they'll win 50 games this year so they they won't even win 50 um games this year when i think people had them i think the over under was maybe 53 right 54 yep yeah
0: I, yeah I i would i would guess so uh jeremy mike and i have been talking about this for a couple of weeks that the, the moves are terrible, and that's definitely a piece. The defense is what has been so horrendous, uh, and Frank Vogel is a defensive guy. Uh, when he came in, the Lakers were right on the top uh, for a couple of years. Now they are fifth worst in opponents' points per game uh, in the league. Has there been talk about, we've heard a little bit about frank vogel maybe he's gonna get fired and i think some of that's tied to the defense what do you what have you heard about that
1: yeah there's been a lot of talk about vogel getting fired and there was a game it was probably about two or three weeks ago when it was really at the height they were about to go on a road trip and the talk was he either won't get on the plane or they'll do like a in and on the tarmac tell them all right, right. So you're not going back but then what's interesting is there was a game where he benched Westbrook in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And then the next day on talk radio, and it's interesting because I think it might be what's happening. Like what they said is, if Vogel, obviously Vogel's hearing all this about, oh, I might get fired. And so their theory was he finally said, well, okay, if I'm going to get fired, I'm going to do what I want to do. So I'm going to bench this guy that's just in my way. Right. I'm going to start playing all these younger guys and start giving them some time. And I think he's continued to do that. So I, I, I think that's what his mindset is, is that if I'm out, if they're going to fire me, I'm going to at least, I'm going to run this team on my terms and I'm going to play and do the things that I need to do. So I think that's a little bit of what's going on. And I think part of it too is just the talent. They just, mm-hmm. they just don't have the talent to play defense, especially when Davis is hurt. And when LeBron again is getting um, years on him and then Westbrook, I mean, you know, he's mostly offensive anyways. So the, the, the funnest thing I think, and I think it's been around the league is watching these guys that have come in on these 10 day contracts and kind of light it up and they've, you know, they've been in the G league and like, this is their one spot mm-hmm. or their one chance to make it for that 10 days. So there's been a couple guys in our, in, in the Lakers and on the Clippers that have come in and done that. So that's, that's been kind of fun um, to kind of watch these guys come in and kind of get that shining moment um, with the COVID stuff and trying to keep the, the league moving.
0: Yeah. Stanley Johnson has been one for the Lakers Oh
1: yeah,
0: uh, that has just, he's just been tremendous uh, doing everything that, you know, and he's, you know, he's playing a supportive role and he's doing everything that he can uh, the hustle, the rebounds, uh, the good defense. Uh, he's been tremendous.
1: Yeah. It's been fun for sure to see that piece. I don't uh, know if y'all saw the Saturday night Live skit. They did a few, uh, a few weeks back. You'll have to find it. Uh, that was pretty funny. They, like they were pulling people out of the stands to play. They had Yao Ming. It wasn't him, but it was one of the guys, like as if he was commentating. So it's kind of funny to yeah. find that opinion. uh
2: There's a lot of talk about when's LeBron going to retire. And, you know, there's the whole narrative of he wants to play a season with his son, Bronny, who's only a junior in high school. Uh, not even a blue chip recruit at this point, him making the league. Uh, you know, being one and done in college and, and making an NBA roster for for a full season seems like a long shot right now. Uh, I saw an article today that said you know they asked LeBron if if that happened to had to happen in cleveland you know would you go back to cleveland to do it um and he said you never say never how would you feel if he hung around and used the lakers uh as an organization to play with his son for a year are you uh signing up to see that are you interested at all
1: Uh, i mean i think it's cool father son um, i did hear that today too that that's what he's he's trying to do and actually the talk out here and with his, you know, the talk has been out here for a while with watching his son, that that's something that he wants to do. And he's talked about it in the LA area for a while that he wants to do that. Gotcha. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the Lakers would keep on to do that. I mean, I think with the Lakers, they just, they either have to rebuild or they have to do something with getting like, don't get a Westbrook, get a DeRozan instead. So I think that's what the Lakers have to figure out gotcha. is what they're going to do. I would say LeBron's, maybe two to three more years where he could still be productive. And if you build around him and you get the right folks, and then you get his minutes, you know, down to 20 to 30 minutes, like then I don't think he's doing it just to play to your point. I don't think he's doing it just to play with his kid. He's still productive. Right. Um, I, I think if they build around him and they figure out the Davis situation, they, they probably get rid of, rid of rest book at the end of the season. Then I think things can change a little bit. So. Gotcha.
2: Dave, anything else on the Lakers?
0: No, no, I just, uh, I know that uh, I think quickly we want to, you know, touch on some Dodgers stuff and we know the, that baseball is locked out right now. The owners have the players locked out and we're having negotiations and now spring training's been pushed back a week and, uh, all of that. So there hasn't been a ton of focus on teams or anything, but, and I know we talked with you about this, uh, during last season, but, what is there any talk about Trevor Bauer? I mean, a couple of weeks ago, you know, some stuff was going on and um, I know the Dodgers had kind of, you know, kept their distance with him. Is there, is there anything new on that front from a Dodgers management perspective?
1: They haven't said anything. I mean, just the stuff that everybody's heard in the news that um, the, those proceedings are done. They're not going to file charges. Um, I guess he came out and posted like a, a YouTube video and, kind of finally shared his his side now that he can, because things are past that point. But yeah, they really haven't said anything. Um, local press really hasn't been talking, other than announcing what the DA decided to do. There hasn't really been talk. The main thing that you are hearing out here about the Dodgers, there's not a lot, obviously, because of the lockout, but that the lockout might actually be a little beneficial for us in particular. So like, if you think of Muncie, it gives him more time mm-hmm. um, to heal, <clears throat> and then... I heard this recently and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know of this until I, then when I heard it, I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. So Kershaw, they haven't made an offer yet. So he's kind of out there in limbo, but someone from the Dodgers actually said the reason they didn't make an offer is because if they would have, he would have only, he would have had 10 days and then he would have had to say yes or no. And they didn't want to put him in that corner. And since there's the lockout, they're like, okay, we don't have to do anything yet. So when I heard that I'm like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." So right. let Kershaw think, let the Dodgers think because if they would have done that and then they put him in the corner for 10, 10 days, maybe he does walk away. So I I think that so the way the article is spinning it is that Dodgers fans should take that as a good sign that Kershaw's thinking about it, we're thinking about it and then once whatever happens with the lockout, then that offer will come, then there'll be the 10 days and maybe it'll be in a different area um where we can move forward, but Overall, I, th- I think we're still positioned well. I know we lost Seeger and some other folks, but you know we have talked about it before. We've got a we've got a wealth of talent. You we usually have four or five outfielders and only three outfield spots, so we have a bunch of pitching. Um, you know, Bueller's still a number one. Urias is doing really good, so I I think we're well positioned. We I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt us making the playoffs again. Um, so I think the Dodgers are still going to be positioned for a strong 2022. Um, with
2: the uh institution of the universal dh now in major league baseball that'll help your outfield situation muncie's coming back like you said also justin turner coming back from a a hamstring strain any talk out there do you have any thoughts on who you'd like to see dh and who you'd like to say stays out there in the field i
1: haven't really thought about that but we have talked about that the dh it did help us in 2020 that's part of why we won the world series because we had that extra bat and that year we were even more loaded offensively so us having the dh and i think we talked about this a couple years ago too that it definitely helps us out um because now we have that extra bat in the lineup that can do some damage so that's one of the big reasons we won in 2020 was because we actually had that extra bat in the lineup so the other one too is bellinger you know he, he he's healthy um he became a dad in, in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he was at a, at an event, a Justin Turner charity event a couple weeks ago and all smiles. And he's already, you know, working out, even though there's lockout, he's doing his own thing. And, you know, it, it's a big year for him because 2023 is his free agent year. So he, he's got to do, cause he sucked last year. And I, I, I don't think, I even think if he was on the show, he would agree. Right. Oh, so, absolutely. He would 2022 is a big year for him and, and it's good for us because, you know, we want him to do good for us, but he also wants to do good for him. So when he gets in the free agency, makes him more marketable.
2: All right. Well, thanks, Jeremy, for coming on and giving us that L.A. perspective. We just don't get up here in, in uh, snowbound upstate New York. Um, we appreciate you not really rubbing in the weather on us. Uh, I have noticed you stopped with the pictures of your weather app Uh, in the dead of winter. So we appreciate that. Um, Hope you're staying uh, healthy out there, not only with COVID, but all the running around you do on the baseball fields and football fields and basketball courts. Um, And we're going to keep checking in with you as long as you're up for it um, as we move forward here on Think Tank Sports. So again, thanks for joining us, Dave. Thanks for all your dynamite input today uh, here at Think Tank Sports. You can check us out on... Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and the Instagram, uh, all of the places you download podcasts, we're available. Uh, and please uh, hit us up with those five stars as we strive for five here at Think Tank Sports.